Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Ramble by Energy Sport, the finest student-run fantasy football podcast in the country. My name's Jack Donnelly and as always our league is still available to join. We've just passed 40 members and are looking to get up to 50 before the end of the season. So if you're listening and you're still to get involved, join us with the code DPPRDJ. Pass it around group chats with your mates, your family, get your grand involved, we don't care. Uh, also be sure to follow us over on Twitter at Fantasy Ramble to be sure to see our host predictions for the full set of Premier League fixtures this weekend because we don't have the time to cover all 10. We just cover three big ones and three little ones on this show and leave the rest up to your imaginations. Uh, we'll get on and introduce today's panellists, the first of which being Mr. Struan Garvey. How are you doing, Paul? Yeah, I'm not bad. It's Friday, feeling good. Premier League action. And it's sunny as well. It's not here. Is it not, is it not in Sterling? <laughs> nope, it's uh, misty. I, I generally look out my window right now, you can't see anything. That's quite unfortunate for you. It's pretty grim. Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. That's that's not good. Nice, nice sunny day through in Edinburgh today. Got the sun shining. Feeling good, Friday, as you said. Uh, also joining us today, Graham Sinclair. How how are you? Doing well, Jack. Doing very well today. Fridays are an amazing day, especially after a nice Europa League victory. Absolutely. You and, you and our next panellists are going to be absolutely buzzing with last night's proceedings. Taylor, you still riding cloud nine? Very much so. Very, very much so. So much so you just launched your pen across the room there, right? Yeah, honestly. It, I'm telling you, I just can't sit still. Um, <laughs> I said yesterday in the group chat that I couldn't handle another league game. Where it was a last minute winner, and my god, it was up there. My heart was going, I couldn't handle the last couple of minutes. I was gonna say, because well, they're not pushing for the equalizer. Or... Aye, oh, it's, um, I was sitting rocking back in my chair, and then at one point, I was sitting on the floor, basically a head buried into the ground, just like begging for it to end. <laughs> no, nothing oh, good for your heart pressure in that game. Uh, then. Oh, I love, I miss football. Oh, I don't know why I'd be like at the game, I think I'd probably be actually still green. I don't, I don't think you'd have the voice for the podcast, I'll say that much. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> uh, we're going to get right into it today, we're in a bit of a bit of a tighter schedule, Taylor's got to go ahead and leave us in, in about an hour because he's away to report on a party Thistle game, so we need to make the most of the time we've got with him. Uh, we'll get cracking with the first of the three big games we're going to be covering this week, and that is uh, tomorrow uh, yeah, tomorrow night's uh, fixture between Leeds and Manchester City. Uh, last time out for both clubs, Leeds uh, eked out a 1-0 win over Sheffield United, courtesy of a Patrick Bamford goal late on, while City conceded five goals at home under Pep Guardiola for the first time as Leicester strolled to a victory in that one. Uh, one, of the, one of the biggest talking points for this one is the clash between uh, student and master, I suppose, as Pep Guardiola and Marcelo Bielsa go head-to-head. Struan, how do we think that kind of battle is going to play out between the two coaches? I think it'll be very interesting. I feel I think it's going to be one of them where you could easily see Pep doing some kind of outthinking or overthinking. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it'll be a very very good game. I actually think Leeds will get the win in this one. Really? Yep. That's a bold claim. That's like, what what makes you say that? I just I just think Leeds have been been at it this season. I mean, the way they took Liverpool to a four three and look at how good Liverpool have been this season. And I know it was just one bad result of a 5-2 at Leicester Man City. And yes, there was more than six goals in that game. We called that one, but... <laughs> Not Taylor. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think Leeds will get something from this one, I really do. I, I, I like your optimism for Leeds. Uh, it's strange to have optimism for Leeds from a Man from a United fan, but just, 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 the, just the way <laughs> you tend to run things. <laughs> Funnily enough, it's the most popular English team in my, in my family. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. Learn something new every day, don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at Leeds, uh, they've had to defend a lot more in the last game. They were really kind of 
making sure they could hold on at least for a point before they went on and nicked a winner against Sheffield United. Uh, what what did we make of that more reserve uh, performance from Leeds uh, last weekend, Graham? Was it a different kind of side to Leeds than we'd seen in the in the Premier League previously? Yes, it was very different. Very important, I think, that they managed to get something like that. I think if you'd went into the City game off the, off the back two, four, three victories, <laughs> you'd be very, very concerned defensively about mm. what Manchester City's attack could do. As such, because they got that, that point last week. Oh, a bit of, uh, sorry. Because they got the three points in a clean sheet last week, you now have a bit more confidence that they can maybe hold off City a bit more this week. No, I would, I would, I would say that's probably quite accurate. I mean, the the defense, it, it was they played a well. For, uh, for, the way I'm looking at the formation on fault mob just now, they they were playing three at the back, which doesn't seem to sit true with me. I think it was more likely a uh, four at the back with Dallas and Ailing as fullbacks with Cooper and Robin Cock uh, in the middle. That uh it's interesting to see that Ellen Mesley, uh, the young uh, goalkeeper, he's been keeping Kiko Casilla out of uh, the Leeds goal. Just and put in a very good performance against Sheffield United. What do you make of that kind of battle there? It's good. It's always good when Kiko Casilla doesn't get doesn't get in the team because he shouldn't be in the club. And you get you get contempt for Casilla, do you? Oh, do you not aware there's a racist thing with Casilla? He shouldn't be playing football, really. No, he shouldn't be playing football. I'm not sure. I can't, I can't remember the full story, but he was suspended for racial incidents, and Bielsa stuck by him. I think he might actually be the club captain now as well. Surely not. Sure Is it not right. Liam Cooper? Yeah, it's Liam Cooper. Casilla captain them in the League Cup. But. That's never good to yeah, hear. Because I try and go back to football, and Sheila was very, very impressive mm-hmm. last week. An absolutely unbelievable save in the first half. Yeah, I was going to say that from one point, save. From point black range. And it's going to be, he's going to need to be at his best tomorrow because despite City losing 5 2 and not being at their best. So far, it's still City. It's still Manchester City. And mm-hmm. Usually, they don't mess up twice in a row. No, and what one uh, uh, notable absence from Leeds team tomorrow is going to be Jack Harrison, who's of course uh, on loan at the club from Manchester City. How big a loss is he going to be? Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes, and Jimmy the delay when we're recording. I was going to say, I a big. A big difference, more so, he's been very really good Alice Harrison, one of the four or five best players, even more so, I'm not sure the replacements for Leeds is actually going to be that impressive, you're looking at, as you know, Ali Ososki, oh, oh my god, I cannot speak today, Ali Ososki's coming in today, <laughs> and it looks like that's who's going to replace Harrison, mm-hmm. so it's actually more the, the subtraction by addition rather than the actual Harrison not being able to play, I think. Yeah. No, I think, I think he, he was always going to, in any any other circumstance, he would start week in week out, and Alioski would end up riding the bench. But I think it's again, it's it's just a championship side coming up though, so they don't currently have that strength and depth at the moment. But they're probably going to try and work towards that as best they can. Uh, speaking of squads, uh, Taylor Pep Guardiola still doesn't have his full squad available to him. He's got a number of notable absences with the likes of Aguero, Jesus, Bernardo Silva, El Gundogan all missing out. Uh, is he going to feel slightly nervous at all considering Leeds start or will he be out for blood after the Leicester City loss? Uh, <clears throat> I think he'll be out for blood. You know, Guardiola is a very, very bad loser. He doesn't like losing. And the fact is this season hasn't gone so well for him already. 
I can see him, some team is going to get a doing. Whether it's Leeds, I don't know, but some team out there will end up getting like that eight or nine nils put into them. Like the Watford and, last year after the Norwich yeah, loss. It's some somebody's going to get a wrath of it, and could it be Leeds because of the defensive aspect of the first couple of games? Although they did defend well against Sheffield United, it could possibly be. I'd like to put on record, Struan, I apologise for laughing at you. <laughs> You're saying that that would be four two. But I think this game has the potential probably be the same. Like, just it's attack versus attack. Defence just um, know what they've seen. Although they did sign uh, Diaz from Benfica. Benfica. Mm-hmm. Benfica. Uh, is that enough to solidify that full defence? I don't think so. I think they've got still questions to be asked. But Guardiola is definitely out for blood. I can see, I can see him just going on a rampage and basically telling his full team that no, basically... Don't give up, just go in. Just give no mercy. No mercy. I like that. I'd imagine that's probably a mantra of Guardiola's. It's interesting to see Ruben Diaz. I mean, £70 million on a centre-back and you're worried that he's not going to fix all the defensive problems considering Guardiola's taken his defensive spending at Manchester City to now over £400 million. That's over like it. two good ones. <laughs> who, are the, who are the two good ones in your opinion then? I think Kyle Walker and Laporte are the only two good defensive signings he's made mm-hmm. so far. I'll give I you mean, that. Nathan Ake and Ruben Diaz could be, but at the moment, I don't think any anyone else has been a good signing, defensively well, anyway. None of the f- our 427 left-backs that seem to have come and gone from the club in his time. No, ironically, the best left-back in his time was the central midfielder Fabian Delph, who was already at the club <laughs> when, he, when he arrived there. And Zinchenko, who I don't think was naturally a left-back either, also at the club when he arrived. And I think he's also injured for this weekend, which yes. is... Uh, potentially a problem. I don't know. I, I've seen Nathan Ake play at left back before, so I don't know if that could be a potential plan of Guardiola's now that Diaz has come in. I think he plays there for Holland. He does, yeah, because be, he wasn't going to displace uh, De Ligt or Van Dijk at centre half, was he? Yeah, or even like De Vrij. Definitely not. Uh, we'll move on and we'll have a look at some predictions for this game. Struan, do you want to give me a score prediction, a key man? I mean, you're going for a Leeds United win here. So I've... As much as I'm thinking a Leeds United win, I think in order for them to beat Man City, it's going to have to be quite a high score. So I've gone again for the four-two, <laughs> and I've gone because I've said this season I'm gonna I'm gonna go for some big results. You know I don't. Wanna, you have said don't that. Play it safe too many times. So I'm gonna go for Patrick Bamford. Paddy Bamford again. I, I really thought it was gonna be quite Timo Pukki esque this season, but he he seems to be doing quite well, and he's actually mm-hmm. keeping Rod, Rodrigo at the team as well at yes. the moment. So yeah, I'll back him to get a goal or two. He's he's on my short list for the. Uh, potential transfers to come in uh, obviously I can't uh, waste that many more transfers after playing my wild card and accumulating a massive total of 25 points in the game week <laughs> which I, I I would probably go on record and say that might be my worst weekend in ever playing this game I, I've, I've been playing this I've been playing fantasy football since I was about 14 and I don't remember having a worse weekend than that one there so what do, what do, what do I really know about football why, should, why am I hosting this podcast that's the questions we're asking this week. Uh, Graham, how about you? How, how are you seeing this one play out? I think uh, Bamford's a good shout for Leeds. I think I look at Bamford and think, I think it's surprising that he's scoring goals in the league. He's I agree. He went from like the highest, he scored 30 goals last season, but he couldn't finish his dinner, to now he's just scoring like limited chances. I think he's getting like one chance a game. Mm-hmm. We, I, we kind of had a small discussion about it off show, and it was like, why? Why is he good? And it just seems like maybe 
in the Premier League there's less time to think you don't, your, maybe your composure doesn't need to be there as much because you just have to react Yeah, and that might be why or maybe it's just a fluke run that's entirely possible but I'd like Banford and then all of it. for City it's obviously we'll say it every week it's Kevin De Bruyne if you can get Kevin De Bruyne in your team you get Kevin De Bruyne in your team other than that I'm not 100% sure I'd really go for anybody else because they are weird to pick in fantasy yeah, Phil Foden potentially at the moment, just with a just with a recognised striker, or would you or would you back Raheem Sterling more in that case? Uh, I would probably back Sterling in that, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Much more expensive, I think he's around the same price as De Bruyne, but yeah, uh, Foden's been really good. Foden just have eleven points already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Torres had a good game on Thursday. I and League Cup, yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't be entirely surprised if he got in because. It seems as though Man City just rotate and give people chances. As we as we've come to find out over the course of playing this game, and watching City, uh, so uh did you give it? Did you give us a scoreline there? Sorry, I might have zoned out. I still think it'll be three one to Manchester City. Three one Man City. I'm not. I'm not on the lead. I think the attack will be too much for Leeds to defend. Showing I agree with that. Ah, uh, Taylor, how about you? Uh, I was thinking about this and. When I was thinking, the same things keep coming up. But we're three games into the season, and I've been wrong three times. I said Stones <laughs> 4 2 wouldn't happen. I said Bleed's system wouldn't work this season. And I said that Patrick Bamford was not a good striker. All three times I've been proven wrong, and I'm not liking this. I swear Bleed's are out to get me. Saying that, I'm, I'm predicting Man City to smash him 3 0. Please, for the love of God, just be right at least once. And all the reason I'm saying that is due to what I said earlier about Guardiola wanting board. Maybe just Leeds won't be able to defend as rigid as they did against Sheffield United against like Alexi like, Man City. Yeah. But uh, even without a recognised striker, they've still got the quality to even like, overrun most of the teams in the Premier League. And I say, right, I know it's mad to say, but I say right now, Sterling is probably more incompetent at playing up front just until Jesus or Aguero comes back. Mm-hmm. I think they need to bring in a striker. Whether they do is a different story, but. Sterling's definitely more incompetent with that front line. So I'm gonna go probably three now with Raheem Sterling being your main man. There we go. I mean I mean they do they do have a striker or a, a recognised striker on the boots. They've got a uh, young Delap, uh, of course I forget a blank on his first name, but of course Rory Delap's son. So if he if he's as good at scoring goals as his father was at taking long throw ins, then I think they could have a could have a decent op- <laughs> decent option to get themselves Liam Delap, there we go. Liam Delap to get involved up front. Uh, I'm going for a City win in this one, but I think it's going to be an absolute uh, blockbuster of a game. I think it's going to be very high entertainment value. I'm going three two to Manchester City. I, I think uh, Bielsa is really going to put uh, put the sword to Guardiola, and he's really going to have to counter with something something special to get a result against him. And I am going to highlight. Oh, who do I want to highlight as a key man? I'm going to highlight Riyad Mahrez. You know, I think Riyad Mahrez is this. Game screams out for a player of his technical ability. Against... I think this is his season. I think this is his season. We like Man City will realise his true worth. Like he should be starting week in week out. He really should be. Oh, considering he scored it at the weekend. Ah, against uh, Leicester, the first goal of the game was fantastic. Finish really good. I got forgotten about in the, Just in the grand scheme of things, but I arrowed across the face a goal in the top corner. It was brilliant. Uh, right, well, that with that game out of the way, we'll move on to the next one. And I know that Struan might not want to talk about this game, but we're going to be doing it anyway. Manchester United versus Spurs, 4.30 on Sunday afternoon. Uh, it was a strange weekend for both teams last week. Uh, Manchester United fi- uh, got a 3-2 win over Brighton at the Amex in extraordinary fashion. 
while uh, Spurs were held to a one-all draw with Newcastle after Newcastle scored with their first shot on target in the 97th minute. Uh, Struan United, it's argued that they really still need to get their season going and Spurs is the first of a quite tricky run they've got ahead of them that sees them play Chelsea, Arsenal and Everton in the next four. Uh, how do we see it panning out? Um, t- Tough to say. T- tough to say because in the League Cup... United have looked very strong, albeit against weakened opposition. But in the league, that they've looked incredibly poor. The, I think the lack of pre-seasons really catching up, which we've seen across Europe with teams like um, Bayern Munich and Manchester City kind of struggling to find their feet in certain games, tiring quite easily. But I think, I think United may actually go into this match with a slight advantage, just in the sense that Tottenham are going to be playing their fourth match in about a week. True, is, yeah. Which is pretty crazy when you think they had the League Cup on Tuesday night. And then they played Europa League last night on the Thursday and then they're going in again on the Sunday. They've got a good enough squad to rotate, but I do think there'll be some tired legs on that pitch. I've, I've gone for a draw, though. I, I don't think there'll be any new signings for either team come that point. I mean, especially not Manchester United. But, yeah, not even not even like an Alex Tellez or, or Talese, however it's said. Tellez? Well, the Spanish in me is saying the two L's make a Y, but... Apparently in Portugal it's Telish, tel- uh, but some Brazilians say Telis. So I'm gonna go with the Brazilian one. Okay, Alex Telis. Telis. I'm I'm sure I'm sure if he if he does arrive in the league at some point, Martin Tyler can uh, can confirm confirm uh, what the correct pronunciation is. Uh, one of speak you just mentioned new signings there, and Manchester United's only new signing of the uh, season, Van der Beek. His agent came out this week and has been very critical of the club after the lack of involvement for his client. Taylor, can we see why his agent would be up in arms? Definitely. He he should be starting in that midfield over, I'm going to say Pogba any day. Like, Pogba on his day is a class player, but Van der Beek has shown exactly what he can do in his about very, very minimal minutes he's had. Like, he's came on as a sub, he scored, and I'm pretty sure he's... The defeat was it at the opening day of Crystal Palace or he set up oh, in fact no sorry he scored in the, the League Cup he came in and he basically changed the game uh, against Palace which I feel like he should have actually been playing from the start there I expected Ole Gunnar to put him in however I don't know what he's maybe it's just the fitness maybe Van der Beek's not had as much time with the team he's just settling in so he can actually get to uh, work around the team basically get to know their style that being said, Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez was chucked in, and we all see that big difference he made. So, mm-hmm. at midfield, Man United's midfield has the potential to be good with Bruno Fernandez and Van der Beek in there. Where even if they watch his formation with Pogba, Pogba in there as well, that is a good, good midfield to have and probably a good problem. But Pogba's is not at it right now. He, he doesn't look fit. He doesn't. He doesn't look like. I'm not saying he doesn't look like he doesn't want to be there because I'm pretty sure he, he's the kind of guy, in my opinion, would. If he doesn't want to be there, he wouldn't be there. But uh, Van de Beek, I just, I really there's questions asking why Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not starting him. And I, I agree with the agent. He's, if you're coming on for four minutes, anyone could probably do that job and do it. Mm. Like, honestly, anyone could come on for four minutes and try to make an impact. You don't need to be a professional football player. But as, as I say, it's questions you answer to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And I feel like his job was annoying this season if they don't improve. I, mean, I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, sorry, just to go in there, I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has, has the confidence to drop players. 
I think that's oh yeah yeah. I think that's been one of, one of uh, <laughs> I can't speak either. I think it's been one of the main problems during his time at United in that no matter how many poor performances you have, you just won't be dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we saw that with Rashford last season. I am still not convinced he's fully fit following his injury. He hasn't been dropped. Pogba had the had the coronavirus recover a few weeks, and he started the first game of the season without any kind of preseason. Mm-hmm. Victor Lindelof had probably one of the worst centre back performances we've seen in the league in recent times against Crystal Palace, and straight away started again the next game against Brighton and was just as bad. And I, th- I think it's just one of these things where I don't know if it's loyalty or if it is purely down to his lack of options off the bench, but he he'll just he'll just not drop a player. And I, and I think that's massive. I think I think the, the most obvious one as well is David De Gea, and that Dean Henderson is was fantastic last season for Sheffield United. Even Romero last season, he just never mm-hmm. dropped De Gea. He kept playing him. We saw it in the semi final of the FA Cup. It cost United massively. He then came into the Europa League. He didn't really do too much. But I just I just don't think he, he drops players out of the fear of it making an even worse impact. But I, th- I think that's a real problem with Manchester United at the moment. And I think just looking at uh, Van der Beek's impact just so far, he's played a total of 24 Premier League minutes across two games, came off the bench against Crystal Pass and got Man, Man United's goal, played the last minute against Brighton in a really innocuous substitution and then played the full 90 against Brighton again in the uh, Carabao Cup and got an he, assist. He won the corner against Brighton as well, which led to the goal. He won, exactly. So, I mean, he's got, he's got clear talent and he's got clear influence in, in a midfield and it's just... It just really blows my mind the fact that he's hardly played since coming in as their only summer signing so far. Uh, Graham will look at uh, their opposition Spurs and after a dull start uh, to their season, we can all agree on that, is there a chance that beating Chelsea on penalties midweek could maybe put a bit of life in Spurs enough to get a result this weekend? I'm not entirely convinced it is. I'm not sure you can ever really take League Cup performances and apply them to the Premier League. When they also they also won seven two last night against Maccabi Haifa, mm-hmm. but, but I actually for me I see more kind of worrying signs in that than I do uh, positives to take. The fact that they were four one up at half time and yet Harry Kane played until the eightieth minute, I think is a damning indictment of Tot or Tottenham right now and what Mourinho's up to. He's been, he's been known for ages just to run his players into the ground. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though it's going that way again with someone like Harry Kane, who is so essential to Spurs. He's gonna, he, but he's also injury prone. It's gonna be harmful at some point in this season. And if they lose Harry Kane, he still don't have a suitable replacement for him. Mm-hmm. With hamstrings like Kane's as well. Mm-hmm. I think they did. Kate uh, came up last night on Sky Sports that he apparently agreed a loan deal for a Benfica oh, yeah, striker. If I'm right. It's Vinicius. Yeah, yeah Vin- oh, Vinicius. Vinicius. There we are. I can't uh, say I'm expecting much from that. Apart, according to Sky Sports, they're paying a three million pound loan fee with an option to buy for thirty two, thirty eight million. Which uh, interesting, interesting move. Um, especially considering he's not going to start realistically ahead of Harry Kane. But it's, it's what Spurs have needed for a while. They have never once had a replacement for Kane. In the sense that Kane gets injured once every season, that's almost a guarantee. And they've never once had someone that's been able to uh, come in and fill the boots. I think the last I remember they tried was uh, Janssen, Vincent, Jan- Vincent <laughs> Janssen, and that went horrifically. So I think they've just resorted to playing either Daly or Lamela or Son as a second striker, which is odd to me. I don't. I 
I haven't looked at the boy. I have seen the boy's name. I've forgotten about it. But I have to imagine. I think I know who his agent is without looking, based on the transfer fee, the team he's coming from, and the the manager's agent as well. What, do you, do you reckon it's uh, a man it's himself? Like, I think it's a big Mendes move, big, which big Mendes may, move. may explain the fee that Spurs are paying. Mm-hmm. And it also links back to Gentson Fernandez move that I think some of us were a bit confused by in January. Yeah, that that was an odd one. Uh, he's had very minimal impact in kind of halfway through his eighteen month loan spell, which is get there. Is it an obligation to buy for get for Jensen Fernandez or is it? Yeah, it's like it's like an eighteen month loan, and then they can they can buy him at the end of it. Oh, just an option. Right, I thought it was an obligation. I thought he was that was him confirmed like he was going to be there the whole time. Uh, well, he scored twenty four goals for Benfica last season, so he knows how to find the back of the net. So. He... I th- I... I think I, I don't know if this was the same guy, but I remember when there was all the talk of Jimenez leaving uh, Wolves as Jimenez leaving to go to Juventus. He was the guy that Wolves had had lined up as a replacement. Was he? That's that's where I recognise the name from. I think that was the case. Another Portuguese that, speaker, oh, of course. That makes sense why a lot of articles are saying Wolves fans react. Right, that makes a lot more sense then. <laughs> it's just never clicked in your mind at all. No, that I don't know why I never put two and two together. I should have. That's so stupid, man. Because known Will's transfer policy, but we just we just, yeah. know, we just know your track record with maths to know how you never oh. put two and two together. Ah, I'm bad date office. That one was. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna just uh quickly rattle out some predictions for this one, Struan. You're going for a draw. What scoreline are you going with here? Uh, the Macintosh one all. Macintosh one all with a key player being. I've selected the key player to be Sergio Reguilon. Interesting one. Because I think against Chelsea, it, it, his career was just about ended by Aspilicueta, but he managed to redeem himself come the end of the game, and he was linked with Man United before he went to Tottenham as well. And I think there's a he was sto- yeah. a story to be seen there. So a narrative. Yes. So <laughs> We've got. I think whether got... he gets an assist or he's just very good defensively. I think that'll be that'll be that. You'll have to deal with Mason Greenwood anyway. It's a sentence you never thought you would hear. Uh, in his first game at, at his new club, his career was almost ended by Aspilicueta. That that doesn't seem <laughs> doesn't seem a natural thing to have said, but it's true. So a one all with Sergio Reguilon uh, playing a massive role. Graham, how about yourself? I went for one in Manchester United for this one. I think man, you don't look great at all, but I think Spurs are impotent. And I think Marshall's Rashford will be the man. I think it will be a very poor game. I'm not looking forward to it at all. And it will be decided by one either one moment of quality or one giant mistake. But I'll go for Rashford to be the man to inspire. As he does on and off the field, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor, how about yourself? How do you see it playing out? A massive, glorious nil-nil. <laughs> and Laurie's been the main man. That's it. Two teams that are just not looking good. Two teams that probably play quite defensive football. Two teams, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go any further. Just two teams that are going to finish 0-0. So, stay, so don't watch this game is what yeah, you're saying. I, you can already see the fact it's because it's two of the quote-unquote top six. But it's just, they've not been playing well. And I can see this is ending with a share of the spoils with no goals. Lovely. Lo- lovely and depressing, Taylor. We love that from you, has to be said. And you shall have to see. <laughs> Uh, I am going to go for a one-all as well. I'm going to agree with what Struan said. Uh, I don't know. I agree. I think it's just going to be a bit of a nothing game. Um, I'll I'll end up watching it because I don't think there's going to be anything else on on Sunday that would take my time away from it. But 
I'll probably be watching it half-heartedly and I don't know, I might be doing something else during it because I don't really hold much of an interest in this one. I mean, we've all, we've all said that and now it's going to end up being 4-4 or something like that, so... 100%. 100%. You predicted an LML, so uh, football's just going to try and prove you wrong once again, Taylor. That's the oh, problem. Yeah. It's just, uh, me predicting something is just like, nah, no the day, mate. No the day. <laughs> no, the day. no, 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 I don't think so, pal. <laughs> Any any point you can get a WWE reference in, oh, yes. you will. You absolutely will. <laughs> um, we're going <laughs> to move on to the final of our big three games. And for this one, it, it was an interesting pick because I was looking at the fixtures and I couldn't really highlight a specific three to go with. But this one made the most sense considering what else has been said on Energy Sport Podcast in the last week. Uh, and I've gone for Villa versus Liverpool, uh, a quarter past seven kickoff on Sunday night at Villa Park. Uh, in the last matches, it was wins for both. Uh, Villa won 3-0 away at Fulham and Liverpool won 3-1 at home to Arsenal. Uh, Graham, I wanted to bring this up because Villa were being heavily talked up by uh, Cameron Monstall on uh, Extra Time yesterday. Uh, how, how Do you want to kind of expand on your views of Villa's current situation uh, for those that didn't hear that podcast? No, I didn't listen to that one. Cameron mentioned that one that Hey, he thinks that Aston Villa will finish in the top 10 this season. Uh, I don't think any of us agreed. I certainly didn't agree. I, didn't, I said that I don't think that Villa will get relegated. I think they'll be quite comfortable this year based on their signings. Mm-hmm. But I think top 10 is a stretch because there's nine teams you can kind of pencil in and then four teams to be fighting with that I would say are, are probably better than Aston Villa. But it was based off their start, in which they started very well, to wins two clean sheets albeit against poor opposition but you can only beat who's in front of you so it was that and it was the signings of Ross Barkley of Matty Cash of Ollie Watkins mm-hmm. of Benetton Traore it seems like those two things together have had people thinking Villa are going to be very good I think they'll be better but I'm not sure they'll be that good No I think I'd agree I think I, I was kind of echoing the point I think I had them tipped for relegation I said they were going to finish 18th but the signings that they've made and the likes of Emmy Martinez as our keeper, and he's done exceptionally well since he started, I think. I think they'll push themselves back up. I could see them between kind of thirteenth and sixteenth roundabout there. That that would be the kind of ceiling for me, but I think top ten is a is a bold, bold statement. But I think Cameron needed one after last week where he predicted Hibs to finish third where they currently sit. Uh I also wanted to touch on uh, Liverpool and their fullback situation at the moment because obviously Robertson and Trent have been a fantastic partnership in the last couple of years. But we've not seen a massive impact from both of them at the same time in fantasy football apart from last week. I think Trent got one or two assists and Robertson, of course, got the second goal for uh, Liverpool. Taylor, who do you reckon is better to have in your team at this moment in time? Who do you think is the better player that's going to get you more points at in the next couple of games, anyway. As of 10.58, Friday, October 2nd, I would say Robertson. Cheaper, and he's just probably, he's looking, I don't know, somewhat more. I don't I don't even want to say better, because Trent and Robertson, it's like, they both have a job to do, they do the same thing, but on opposite flanks, which makes Liverpool so good, but Robertson just seems, I'm going to say more at it. That's what I'm going to go with. He just seems 
more focused, more at it than Trent uh, this season, as of the couple of games I've seen. I don't know if Graham or even Cameron will agree, but I would say for fantasy wise, you probably go with Robertson because I'm pretty sure he's seven point one seven million round about then. Mm-hmm. So and Trent's like seven point five or seven point six now. I don't know if he's went up. I still seven point five at the moment. Uh, so so yeah, probably if you're gonna go with one of them, I'd probably Robertson as he's like if you get a clean sheet, it does the same thing. And Robertson, uh, has been chipped in my goal already this season with although it was a Trent assist, but more points for goals. So I'd go with Robertson right now. Robertson yeah. right now. Just to pick up on what Taylor said, I think that's a good shout. Robertson has been better and he is 0.5 million cheaper than Trent Alexander-Arnold. What I would say is that last week Trent was back to his best. He was. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And for the first few games, or the first game especially, he was very poor. And against Chelsea, he was alright. It wasn't really needed. But last week he was incredible against Arsenal. So many unbelievable crosses into the box. There was two early on. One went to Manny that Leno saved and there was another one that was like picture perfect on somebody's head I've still got Robertson on my team but it's really a, it's a nice dilemma to put the team which Liverpool feel back absolutely to put in their team because they are both unbelievable I agree I, I, I do agree I think it's it's a, and it's a nice problem to have I mean I had Robertson Robertson was my only player in my team last week just to touch on my horrific game week once again he was the only player in my team that scored a goal and the only player in my team that got double figures in terms of points that yeah, being ten. Don't remind me of that when I captained him, Struan. <laughs> that's not fair. Um, Struan, I'll come to you next. Um, Liverpool just seem unbeatable once again. I mean, uh, and surely the exit from the Carabao Cup last night on penalties to Arsenal—that would surely kind of be exactly what Klopp would have wanted. I mean, he probably doesn't want to spend any more time in that competition than he needs to. I mean, we saw what happened last year. Uh is that going to benefit their season? Is that just going to make their title challenge that bit more that bit more solid? Yeah, I think blessing in disguise. I think Liverpool's priorities will be the league and the Champions League. I, th- I think we saw that with the fact that Van Dijk was subbed off around sixty minutes last night. I mean, that's <laughs> I think that's a clear sign of intent of you know we can do it or not. I still remember the FA Cup last season when Everton put out a full strength team. <laughs> Liverpool basically sacrificed, gave the youngsters a chance, and they won. And, yeah. and I reckon Guardiola, Guardi- sorry, I reckon Klopp in the back of his mind was probably thinking, oh, "Why have we done that?" Then but I know. I do. I think this will be a blessing in disguise. It's the same way for Chelsea. I think. I think the Carabao Cup really doesn't have any kind of impact. I mean, you just see the teams that are getting put out and the amount of players that are benched and rested, mm-hmm. and even the good players who start are subbed off. As I said, about an hour into the game, I really, I really don't think it's going to be too much of an issue for Liverpool because. The way they've started, and I mean, one thing I'd also say is the teams that they've played in the league are three very strong teams in Leeds, Chelsea and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. So I think that already sets them up to have a very strong season. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I, I don't think the Carabao Cup's going to affect them at all, really. A lot of questions asked as to whether the Cup was even being played this season, considering everything that's gone on. And uh, it's gone to the point where you look at teams like Brighton, who you would potentially think would have more of a chance against a week in Man United side. They were putting out... Uh, their youngsters and their kind of lesser, uh, yeah. their players lesser than lesser down in the pecking order. Like said, Jason Steele starting in goal, and Johan Bash getting a start again. So it was players like that, and it, when you know kind of the teams like that aren't really taking it seriously anymore, you kind of have to think, what's the point in even having it? But that's a conversation for another day, another podcast. Uh, we'll go for predictions on this one, Graham. Who do you think's winning this? Uh, Liverpool looks fantastic this year. I've been very impressed with them in the league, and um, they will pick up a. Uh... More comfortable win than the last 
in last Monday's game, we will win 3-0. 3-0. And Sanel Ma- uh, so if I, we'll go back to Mo Salah for this one because Salah tends to do better against the smaller teams, meaning no disrespect to Villa. Aston Villa. Very good, very good shout. Taylor, how about you? I've went for, uh, I agree with game. I think they'll probably score three goals, but I feel like Villa probably that Jack Grealish will score, so I've went 3-1 with Sergio Manny being your main man. Very good. Your main Manny. Main Manny. we <laughs> <laughs> waiting for ages to say that. Wait, Nate, how's that not once come up in the last year that we've been doing this podcast? I do not so? know. I disappoint myself, yes. Yes. <laughs> Struan, how about you? How do you see it going? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, a Liverpool win. I think 3-1. One of the reasons why I, I don't really see much from Aston Villa this season is I still think they have a very poor defence. and I, th- I think Liverpool will just walk it. I, I do see them conceding, though. I think I think Aston Villa's front line is very good. So 3-1 Liverpool with the key man being Sadio Mane as well. Very good. I was also going to say 3-1, to be honest. Um, just to kind of bounce off, I do think Liverpool are going to be fairly comfortable in this one. I do think uh, Villa will put up a, a, a bit of a fight. But it'll be in vain, of course, because Liverpool are just going to show why they why they're in the position they're in, and just kind of walk it for the most part. I think they'll pick up a scrappy goal or something like that. Maybe Watkins will stab one in, but who knows? And I think, uh, oh, who do I want to? I I I can I can see a bit of Firmino involvement this week. I don't know why, but um, something tells me that Firmino might actually do something this week. So uh, we'll we'll wait and see how realistic a shout that is uh, that's it for the three bigger games we're going to talk about now we'll just come to the three le- uh, kind of extra games we call them and just uh, cover them quite quickly before we move on to our fancy team of the week uh, Graham we'll start with you and we'll start with Chelsea versus Palace Chelsea are in bad need of a win after the last two games against uh, Spurs and West Brom and Liverpool actually take it back to there as well uh, and Palace have played a decent uh, level of football this year. Are we really going to see a struggle from Chelsea again this weekend? It could be, Jack. It really could be. I haven't been convinced by Chelsea at all. And the pressure of the results stacking against them with two three defeats, two in the league. And the fact that I'm pretty sure Palace do pretty well. Just not, not many stats in front of me, but just kind of like based off like I test and in my head, the Palace are pretty good at Stanford Bridge. If I started really well, and it could be, I could see this game going a summer way to the Old Trafford uh, victory Palace had, where Chelsea will be attacking, but Palace will break, bravely will, atta- will break with lots of men, and they could punish Chelsea's lackluster defence. I, th- I, I do have that fear myself. I really do have that fear, but Hopefully, the the way that Lampard's managed it, well, managed in air quotes, of course, uh, I, th- I think Chilwell should get the full game. Uh, I think it should be a centre-back partnership of Thiago Silva and one of Zuma or Tamori, and then Rhys James, and of course, Edward Mendy is going to be playing his first uh, Premier League minutes this weekend. And it, I'll, t- I'll tell you how bad it got. It was the fact that he made a simple save against uh, against uh, I think Eric Lamella in the first half and I was celebrating that more than the Werner goal because I genuinely my heart sank as soon as Lamella got the ball in that position That's because tragic. having having watched Kepa for that long I was consigned to the fact that that would be a goal for Spurs they would be the equaliser but Mendy saves it with his feet and it's it, it just to highlight the, the pain that I've had to endure with this man in between the in between the sticks and um, 
Go on, Stuart. I think Chelsea fans took it for granted going from Czech to Courtois. Yeah. And now it's gone gone to this. Courtois, Courtois was a good goalkeeper. He was a very good goalkeeper. He was quite um, underhanded in his in his uh, departure. He was, he was uh, a lot of snake comments being thrown about, but he was a genuinely good goalkeeper. And a significant downgrade was made from going to him to Kepa. But I, I've, I've said my piece on Kepa for long enough and I will not continue to do so. Graham, can I get a score prediction from you in this one? Oh, this one's tough. I think it's too important for Chelsea. Ultimately, that will lead to him getting a win. I'll give them a 2 now, but I would not put it on an accumulator no. at all. That's not my confidence. That's not confident in that pick. Not a banker, that one. No. Uh, I, I, I'll I'll say 2-1. I, th- I think Palace will get a goal because uh, last fixture it was 3-2. A ridiculous goal, a ridiculous game, sorry, at uh, Selhurst Park and Project Restart and I think uh, they'll do it again. Hoping Zaha bags because I've got him in my team and I'm not taking a point set to put him out if he plays badly. So I, 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 ho- I hope it's a 2-1. Two, 2-1 two one, two one I'm going to go for and hopefully that kind of sees a turn in results for uh, for Chelsea going forward. Uh, Struan, I'll come to you next and we'll discuss Everton versus Brighton because it's two teams that are loving life at the moment for the most part. Uh, Everton, they're on cloud nine. Calvert-Lewin, eight goals in five games this season across all competitions. Ridiculous. Uh, Brighton, they've been playing very good football but haven't seen the results for it and something tells me they're really going to want some revenge for last weekend. How do we see this one panning out? I think this will be one of them. I think this is probably the underrated game of the weekend. I, th- I think this is going to be a really exciting game. I think Brighton, as you said, they've been so unlucky. I think they outplayed Chelsea and Man United and didn't even get a point between the two games. Mm-hmm. I think they had a very strong performance against Newcastle and well. Everton have just been fantastic. James Rodriguez has been fantastic. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I've always said it, he's a fantastic striker. And he's, he's earned an England call-up. Um, deservedly so. I, th- I think Everton will get the win in this game. I'm not sure if Ben Godfrey is going to be able to play or not, but Whenever, whenever we've talked about Everton, I've always said that goalkeeper and centre half is still a very weak position for them. But I think making a signing like Godfrey could be a massive step towards that. Mm. And, I, and I really just think they're signing in the right places. Ancelotti is getting backed, and I think Everton will have a really strong season. And, and, and with Brighton, with Brighton as well, I still think they lack a, a really good goal scorer. I like Mopai, but I think other than him, there's not too many other areas where the goals are going to come from. As we've seen with Tross, already can't really finish much, but. I, I do fancy them to have a good season as well. The results will start coming for them. Is that you saying you've always believed Calvert Lewin to be a to be a top class striker? Bit tongue in cheek that one. I, I I would say I would say do you want do you want me to remind you of Christmas last year? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think our loyal viewers or listeners will remember what I said. Uh, I, I would like to think so. We put that was that was a two hour special that show. That was full of, full of fun, and I don't even know if we've got the recording, which is tragic. Can we I, get... I genuinely think he may have scored more goals than any other player since that comment. Since I that point. Actually, I might actually do some research into that. I, Vardy should surely be up there with that, no? Yeah, I'm thinking him, Aubameyang and Vardy. Maybe Danny Ings as well. Maybe Ings, yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, good shout. Uh, what, what have we got for a score prediction? Um, I'm not too, I'm gone for an Everton 2-1 victory. Okay. Again, again highlighting Dominic Calvert-Lewin as the man of the match. But I think it'll be a very interesting game. Just just to see who, who dominates really between the two of them. I think it could be a very evenly matched game. And one of the uh, one of the matchups that is gonna sound a bit strange that I'm really looking forward to seeing is Dinier versus Lamptey. I think they're two of the most mm-hmm. underrated fullbacks in their respective positions and I think it'll be a very good matchup. 
I do agree. That'll be interesting to see. I love Tariq Lamptey, as we know, and uh, I'm I'm interested to see how he gets on and kind of a bit a bigger game almost. I mean, he played he played. Not, I don't think he played his best football that we've seen from him against Manchester United. He was still involved, of course. Uh, won the penalty that Mopey scored, so I'd like to see him replicate that as much as possible because he's in my team and I need the points. Uh, finally, the kind of last last of the games we're going to discuss before our team of the week is Leicester versus West Ham. Taylor, I wanted to bring you in here because, of course, West Ham won big last weekend, beating Wolves four 0 in quite an unprecedented fashion. Leicester also came off the back of a big win and a scoreline none of us could have predicted, especially not you, uh, beating City 5-2. Could we see West Ham do it again or is Leicester, Leicester just going to bring them back down to earth? Ah, uh, well, on that West Ham <laughs> win last week, ah, uh, that meme where it's basically I've won at what, what, what cost? One at what cost? <laughs> wow. I was buzzing the fact that West Ham won, but I'd, I'd assume as you Jack, I'd Captain Hamines and Triori in. And it was just... I had, I had the goalkeeper as well. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but it was just a fantasy-wise, calamitous, West Ham-wise. Loving boys, it. Get back to Zoom. Stay in Zoom. <laughs> we, love, we love you when you're doing the Zoom call. Big up Moyes in the Zoom call, that's what I'm saying. As long as he stays there, I'm happy. Um, this game, though, yeah, it's too far-fetched. I'm going back to it. Now, um, Leicester, you don't go for beating Man City 5-2 to them losing against West Ham. West Ham they've improved somewhat because certain player isn't manager isn't their dugout. Um, <laughs> they've actually got a bit of tactical sense. They're actually playing a lot better. Coincidence? I think not. But they are playing like more fluent football. Ch- uh, McIntosh's favourite player, Fornells, is looking to come in yet, and I'm <laughs> really actually excited the fact that he can keep up with what he's producing. However, Leicester they're just. They've just hit that purple patch right now at the start of the season where they've won every game, they've managed to beat Man City, they've got a good feel factor about them. Vardy's still in amongst the goals. You've got players like Harvey Barnes, mm-hmm. Harvey Barnes, you've got a uh, new right back, which just somehow went out of my head. James Justin? Do you know, uh, oh, the new- James Justin, the other side. The one they've just signed. Castagna? Castagna, yeah. Oh, he's looking like a good player for Leicester. He's are they, are they not swapped? I thought I, th- I thought Justin was playing the right because he replaced Pereira and Castagna was on the left. I, th- I thought uh, Justin was playing on the left hand. It could be, by the way, Justin might be the might have swapped. Yeah, I think Justin has been on the left. I think they've been playing hmm. a bit of a like a three-five-two as well at times. Fair enough. Well, two good fullbacks, Justin and up and coming. I think he's 20, 21. Maybe I'm probably wrong. Then you've got a good right back. I mean, Leicester just have good players all over the pitch. And it's just, they've got a good nucleus there. They've got probably, they've got competent, good ball players in every position. And it's just looking good. It's just looking good for them. Brendan Rodgers, I'm going to say it, good manager for Leicester. And definitely oh. is who they need. I. Good Brendan Rogers shot that is, I know that. <laughs> no, we're not making that a thing. We're not making good Brendan Rogers chat a thing. No, that's not happening. We but, uh, we've had our one spell in good Brendan Rogers chat and we can't talk about it ever again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Leicester and Brendan Rogers go hand in hand. Um I can just see them making this four ones out of four with a comfortable three one one, I'm gonna say for Leicester. But West Ham will put up a fight, but Leicester will just come out top, probably. I'm actually going with your main man, Harvey Barnes, by the way. I see, he's going to have a really good season this season. Love that show. And that's my main man, and I used my free transfer on him to come in this Oh, have season. you? Yeah, I took Harvey up and brought Barnes in. Oh, I like that. So, I also took I, I'm excited for him. 
I, I've not made my transfer yet. I'm, I was thinking of doing, uh, taking a point hit because I don't know if Son's fit to play. Uh, uh, I swapped out Son. Yeah, I don't think Son is playing. I think he's out for a while. That's frustrating. I, I was I was going to get rid of him and Werner this weekend, but I don't I don't know if I take if I just get rid of Son and leave Werner in for one more week. Yeah, that's what I've done. This is last. This is like the last. This is last chance. Well, he's he's up and running for Chelsea. He's he get the goal against Spurs, so hopefully we see more from him as soon as possible. Uh, that wraps up the games we're going to talk about today. As we've already mentioned, you can get our full list of predictions over on Twitter before kickoff tomorrow at Fantasy Ramble. Uh, we'll wrap up the show with our Fantasy Team of the Week. This is where we take a look at players from teams we've discussed, teams we've missed out, in order to build the best possible team to get you maximum points this weekend. Starting with goalkeeper and defence, Taylor, who, who are we backing this week to keep a clean sheet? Uh, in my goals, I've still kept Schmeichel. I feel like he's a steady hand and definitely Leicester could get a clean sheet clean sheet and having a really good goalkeeper and such as Schmeichel is great mm-hmm. also got Justin and I feel he's good at attacking um, very very good fullback and especially he's, he's had a goal this season and he's currently sitting on I'm pretty sure 17 points yeah he's got 17 points he's a good mm-hmm. goal and a couple of assists so yeah I've, I've got with Leicester players and I've also got two Arsenal players Gabriel and Tierney I've oh, got them both in yeah, I've got them both in for this week against Sheffield United. I was weighing up to put Kyle Walker-Peters in because they're playing West Brom. Then forgetting West Brom just like <laughs> banging goals left, right and centre right now. So I'm going to go with Arsenal since Arteta is just managing well and clean sheet lower. I'd back that. I had uh, It was the three um, goalkeepers I had down. I had Patricio and Wolves defence because they're playing at home to Fulham. Uh, I had Leno in the Arsenal defence because... Um, they're playing at home Sheffield United who have looked really, really poor in comparison to what they did last season. I was also highlighted Nick Pope at Burnley, uh, away to Newcastle. I know it's uh, St James's Park is never an easy place to go, but Newcastle just look on and off at the moment. It just You don't really know what side of Newcastle you're going to get until the day. Uh, anyone else get any shouts for defenders that we've missed out or perhaps you want to suggest? Yeah, I've, I've kept Rhys James in from um, Chelsea and Kyle Walker-Peters. Graham, how about you? What how are you thinking? Well, I predicted my new game to be we all we all predicted my new game to be quite a poor one. So maybe I think maybe sticking a my new defender, maybe I don't know, maybe Wan Bissaka if you can get find the space for him. It's quite tough. I think you mentioned the best ones are the Wills and the Arsenal because you can get better places for them, especially to be more specific, I'd say Roman Sais, who has mm-hmm. a good start to this season. And it's only five point one million. That's a good shout. I like that shout a lot. Roman Sais, very good player. Uh, we'll move up into the midfield Struan who are you back in the midfield this weekend uh, well, as we mentioned I, I took out Hyungman Son for Harvey Barnes and I'm very tempted to captain him but I've, I've stuck that on, on hmm. Werner still I've kept Havertz as well and Aubameyang I think Aubameyang have quite a fun day against Sheffield United <laughs> Havertz is the one who I'm really on, on the fence Werner, about yeah. I've, I've kept them in so far but I'm, I'm strongly debating taking them out I think, I think they should do well though this weekend hopefully for fantasy Hopefully for fantasy, yeah, definitely. Uh, Graham, how about you? Who who are you back in the midfield this weekend? I well, I also took it. Son, I put in. I had some extra money though, so I put in Mark Trashford. I think compared to it's him or Tommy Barnes, and I went with the more expensive option. But if you're looking for a cheaper option, Jared Bowen has had a good start to the season. He fantastic has. against Wolves last. Leicester have even though Leicester have been fantastic, they have conceded some goals, so it may be worth a shout. Uh, 
Matthias Pereira at West Brom has also played well. Uh, scored an amazing free kick, got an assist last week against Chelsea. And the last one I'll give you for this show would be Solly March, who Ooh. played who had about 8 million chances to score last <laughs> year. Really. And eventually did he, did he score. He did, he did, didn't he? Did you see the, the back heel that Pereira played in that game? Against Chelsea? I did. Yeah. The one where it just gets put up to him and he just kind of back heel chips it to... I can't even remember who it was running on to at the time, but it's, it's just one of them you just kind of just admire it. You just... You just don't think about anything else for a couple of seconds after it. It's fantastic. It was very good. I do remember that. Shame it came against us, but we move. Uh, Taylor, how about you? Who have you got in midfield this week? Uh, I've kept Triori in. I've just filled a point film, so just guaranteed points here somewhere. Whether it's a clean sheet with a nil nil or uh, goals and assists with a 6 nil, we don't know. But uh, <laughs> it's film, they're not going to score. That's my confidence. Got still, the Hammes bus is still here. Keep him in. Rolls Royce <laughs> a player. Honestly, he, he should be in a fantasy team. Signing this summer, I'll say this all season. You will. I know you will. He is an outstanding player and probably he's, the fact is he's a good player, lovely to watch, and he's a decent fantasy player to have in. As I mentioned earlier, Harvey, Bar- Harvey Barnes has came in. I feel they're playing West Ham. He's been on fire this season. And he's got an England co-op as well, so we're buzzing about that. And then you've got Aubameyang. If Captain Tim, midfield... I don't know, Aubameyang's going to be that player I think is going to be in my team throughout the full season only because he's a striker that's playing in midfield. And no matter who they're playing, I think he could score. So, yeah, that's my midfield. I'd, I'd just like to come in quickly, sorry, and, and I think Taylor like this, that Hamas Rodriguez has been nominated for the Premier League's Player of the Month. And you'll love to see it. For, for September, as, as well as Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I'm, see, I'm seeing that list just now. So you've got Calvert-Lewin, uh, Rodriguez, Bamford, Castagna, Kane, Lamptey, Mane and Vardy. That's, that's a decent list. A very good list. Just how many signing, uh, summer signings there are in that, isn't it? I say that, there's two. <laughs> <laughs> there's two. <laughs> and one new addition to the league and one signing made in January, so... Fairly fresh faces, four fresh faces to the league, I suppose. Just to just to peeve off Drew McIntosh, eh? put Pablo Fornals on your team because Drew McIntosh has a disdain for Pablo Fornals. He does, and he played well last week, so put him in your team. <laughs> there you but go. More, more just to annoy Jamie. <laughs> should we all should we all just take a point out and then just to spite Jamie, just put him in. <laughs> Fight, <laughs> take out Abamyang and De Bruyne for Fornals this week. That's the that, that's the that's the big shout for this this podcast uh, wrapping up uh, Graham who's leading your line this weekend well we're keeping Dominic Calvert-Lewin in and at this point Dominic Calvert-Lewin is now a must play because he's still 7.5 million and he's buying the goals in mm-hmm. most importantly I think Calvert-Lewin should be your captain this week I think that's the kind of risk you should take I have Patrick Bamford in because I think Leeds, will, Leeds could score a goal and Bamford has been the one that scored those goals and I've kept Chris Wood in Burnley, although I wouldn't recommend it, I would regret putting him in already because hoping for Burnley is they're away to Newcastle. I don't know. I could, I could see Wood. I could see Wood picking up a goal against them. I guess I would. That's my three, but I wouldn't be optimistic. I maybe go for Mopey or Callum Wilson instead. Yeah, I like the Mopey shout. Uh, Strewn, how about you? Who's who? You you've still got Timo Werner in. Yep, I've captain Tim, but I, as Graham's saying, I'm very tempted to put it on Calvert-Lewin. I've mm-hmm. also got Callum Wilson in as well, but he, he's on my bench this week. I've decided to keep him on the bench. 
But yeah, Tierney cost me points with him last week, so I'm <laughs> tempted to swap those two around. But yeah, I, th- I think Timo Werner has to start scoring. Surely, it's 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 turning into the new Vardy with me at the end of last season, and that I refuse to take him out just because as soon as I do. Yeah, I know. I, game. I know what you mean. I, th- I think that's just the worry with him. Maybe maybe captaining him is a bit risky against Palace. Maybe I'm doing Palace a disservice there, but I'm gonna stick with it. Aye, the captain shouts bold from you, I have to say, but. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say much more against it. Uh, Taylor, how about you? Uh, I'm the same as Strain. I've kept Werner in. I've got Hernandez in. I just feel like Hernandez is just that guy. Who, he's always in there about the goals or assists. And my transfer from last week, Richardson, and although Ansel uh, is says he, he should be fit for this weekend, but he did come off with an ankle injury during the week, okay. which I do not want him to just not be injured because. He's just he's a great player and great for fantasy points and he's always in and about that box. So if you I'd say take the gamble Richardson if you've got to put a transfer in this mm-hmm. week. Uh I I have got I've got Werner, I've got Jimenez. I'm I'll captain Jimenez against Fulham. Uh I think that this is I do agree this is Werner's last chance uh this weekend. If he doesn't uh, score against Palace, I'm putting Calvert Lewin in for him next weekend. And and I will I will die on that hill. Uh I don't know. I don't know. I can't really think of any other like decent options. I mean, City obviously don't have a striker just now. I'd said Firmino is my key player for Liverpool, but you don't want to spend nine point five million on him. Possibly um, like a Harry Kane. He's been very good this season. Kane, so yeah, he's just a bit expensive. Kane's at what ten and a half, something like that. I think so. I think he's gone up recently. Oh, that's fun. Oh no, he's still at ten and a half. No, he's still he's still levels out there. Yeah, better go for him then. Or just as we mentioned earlier, the injuries are the worry with him. True, absolutely. So it's it's a risk, but I suppose it's one of them. If he does get injured, you've got a premium that you can really. I think he, he is he he's the most expensive striker in the in the game. So I mean, is it, it? yeah, ten point five is more expensive than Aguero because his price has dropped because of his injury. Vardy's on ten million. So if if you're gonna if you're gonna take the risk on him, it means if he does get injured, you can transfer him out for literally anyone else, which is which is always good. And with that, that brings an end to this episode of the Fancy Ramble. I want to say a massive thank you to every one of you for listening. As we mentioned in the beginning, we're trying to hit 50 uh, members of our league before the end of the season, which is a while away, but we know how these things go. We need to keep uh, hammering on about it if we want to get engagement. So make sure to join the league. The code is DPPRDJ. Uh, get yourself involved. Just, just to be in, in, in amongst the conversation. It follows over on Twitter for the third time at Fantasy Ramble. You'll get all our predictions for the whole game week out there. Uh, a massive thank you to Struan, Graham, and Taylor for joining me today. Make sure to check out uh, the football roundup and extra time next week. Keep an eye on Energy Sport as well. We've got our European uh, football uh, podcast coming out uh, later this afternoon, uh, talking about uh, the Champions League groups and the Europa League groups after the draw is made at twelve. Uh, we'll be back next week, but until then, my name is Jack Donnelly. This has been the Fantasy Ramble by Energy Sport. Thank you very much for listening. Good luck this weekend, and we will see you next time.